To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. Welcome to the Death Panel. Patrons, thank you so much for supporting the show. We couldn't do any of this without you. If you'd like to help us out a little bit more, share the show with your friends, post about your favorite episodes, pre-order Health Communism, or request it at your local library, and follow us at deathpanel underscore. So we've got a single topic episode for you today. In the last three weeks since the end of Roe, we've seen a whole flood of coverage about the ways that this is breaking down into total chaos at the local level. And there have been stories about people who needed abortions for, for example, eptopic pregnancies who are being made to wait until they are very, very sick before doctors feel legally comfortable performing the procedure. People have been denied access to immunosuppressive medications um, in some states because they're of reproductive age. And their medication, for example, methotrexate, is also used in abortions, even though it's a different dose. They have no intention of getting pregnant. States are rushing to criminalize abortion, to criminalize traveling out of state. And on the heels of this decision, we're also seeing conservative lawyers who are coming for HIV AIDS care like PrEP in Texas or a judge in Tennessee who just successfully blocked enforcement of workplace and school protections for LGBTQ people. So it's a shit show. And a lot of the discussion has focused on these stories that are highlighting the kind of moments of immediate disaster after the Supreme court decision. And one story that has gained a lot of attention was the story of a 10-year-old girl who had to cross state lines to get an abortion. At a bare minimum, it is basically incredibly clear right now that we're looking at the broad material effects of decades of systemic policy failure, not just for reproductive rights and care, but frankly, this is a failure of all health care and health finance in the United States. But when the story of the 10-year-old blew up, some old death panel faves immediately swooped in to fact check this story is too good to be true, (laughs) which is honestly a fucking heinous framing, not to mention, you know, the numerous other things wrong and fucked up with this framing, which we'll get into. But for example, the Wall Street Journal editorial board called it uh, too good to confirm. And the fact checker himself, total clown Glenn Kessler, wrote a piece basically complaining that he wasn't able to uh, convince a doctor to fully uh, further violate the 10-year-old's right to privacy by giving him details that would make him sufficiently happy that this horrific story is real. And the awful thing, which is what we're really talking about today, is how in the face of such clear and fucked up, basically immediate disaster, the pundits have all come out of the woodwork to either question if the horror really is so horrible or to explain away the questioning as valid and then sort of just punch down at the people who are actually doing the hard work on the ground of organizing for reproductive rights and getting people connected with care or providing care as people who just really can't be trusted because they have an obvious axe to grind and too much skin in the game. Yeah. And it's and this is. It's hard to say what I thought would happen or what the discussion would be like following the Dobbs decision. I had thought about it. It's like, well, clearly there is going to be a series of horrible things that happen in the world very quickly as a result of this decision. But not because of any sort of prognostication that we were doing, but simply because we were looking at what was already happening under the legal regime that had sort of emerged since Planned Parenthood versus Casey uh, and the series of things that states had done to restrict abortion rights already. And lo and behold, rather than looking at the broad pattern and the chilling effect that 
you know, this decision is having on on the decisions of many, many people who need an abortion. You could simply talk to providers, any number of people who need an abortion uh, who are now, even if it's possible to for them to quickly go somewhere else and get one because they're, you know, in a state where it is banned or they um, have means or something where they have yeah. means. They are still like a question. A horrifying question is raised in their minds about, you know, what next that a question that did not exist in the same way prior to the Dobbs decision. But lo and behold, rather than focusing on, I don't know what might be called the fucking forest. We're going to <laughs> go into it like an absurd I mean, we should get into just we'll how focus this, on the trees, if you will. Focus it's not on, like you know, looking at like the moss underneath a rock at the base of a tree, but also, but also like a, tree. a fictive, a like a a fictive like imaginary moss about like oh like uh all of these concerns like could this possibly be real <laughs> and and it I have to imagine that part of what is going on ideologically among at least some media elites is they live in a cabined world in which they have told <laughs> themselves, and this is not just on abortion, yeah. but any number of other things, the things can't possibly actually be that bad. Right. And what happens when they are confronted with the fact that they are, with the fact that America is in fact a brutally repressive regime for many people, they have to tell themselves,